0: we are all called to leadership we are all meant for a calling to something bigger than ourselves to lead how god designed us to lead servant leadership propping others up empowering them being that voice of encouragement that allows them to identify their passions their gifts walk in their purpose experience that overwhelming peace and calling. So I encourage you, listen to this episode. Dig into areas where you can improve, where you can be that leader. Lean into what culture says about leadership. Defy the odds of what society is telling you about leadership. Be counter-cultural, counterintuitive, be abnormal. Be unique, be different, but most of all, be courageous leaders. Hey, what's up, Last In Line Nation? Hope everybody's doing well. We have got a blessing for you today. We have got a guest that I have just come to know and through mutual friends and acquaintances, been connected, and man am I glad we are because this guy has quite a story, quite a background, and quite the experience. He's blessing the youth of our community, and I want to read his bio real quick before we dive into the the meat and potatoes of this talk. So I've got Amard Vital with me today. He is a not only an author, but a motivational consultant international speaker mental performance coach for athletes and he was a coach uh or i'm uh, sorry he was a college football recruiting analyst uh with fox sports affiliate uh, scout.com and also founded that guy media group where he expanded his platform to small business and nonprofit organizations so he's been around the recruiting environments and uh uh, high school, college. So uh, Amart has uh, developed several inspirational and motivational coaching programs uh, that have been impactful to athletes as well as corporations. So in 2011, he published his first book called Awaken the Baller Within and quickly labeled uh, as the Athlete's Life Manual by members of the sports media. And then he published his second book in 2019, called I Am More Than Enough, and so currently he's working as a humanitarian and team ministry leader, uh, volunteers his times to, in, to inspire youth in the area, um, youth to envision their futures beyond challenges and circumstances, and we have got quite an episode for you today. Amard, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, John. Thank you for having me on with your group
0: yeah and we we talked off air, and uh he you're battling a little bit of a voice. you lost your voice, uh yelling uh the last couple of days, I guess, huh
1: yes, we uh uh we had our team ministry, we have our summer fest going on, and um it's all about getting the spirit stick, and uh, I was leading some good chance for the teenagers, and our team ended up winning, however, the trade off is is in my voice it's a little off right now, so. uh it's only been about 48 hours so we're going to work through this as best we can and it'll be and make sure that uh we still get the message across as good as possible
0: that's right well it sounds good you know uh man we're going to start this series well this july and august we're going to do this series called conquer your enemy and the nme is narrative masculinity and elevation and little unorthodox here with some of these topics, but I believe that as we peel back the layers of them, I think we're going to uncover some things that we see in society, in culture, in leadership, and in the men in our community that maybe we can start to broaden and start to empower and equip men to to walk in their true calling and leaders be leaders like we're supposed to be. So Man, digging in, but before I do, is there anything about you personally that, that I didn't read uh, that maybe that could connect the audience with you a little further?
1: Man, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just steady trying to, you know, really be on my purpose uh, more than anything, what I'm called to do. Um, I live by two words, service and impact, and I, I work very hard to make sure that every action I do in my life involves service and impact. Um, I feel like we are all called here to serve no matter what you do, so I do want to make sure service is at the forefront of everything I do, and with that, I want to make impact. Um, We see the climate that's going on no matter, you know, where you stand on, you know, any different decisions and situations, but we all can recognize that there there are some challenges ahead of us, and there always have been. Uh Um, I think with, you know, a lot of the things that's going on, whether it's social media, and just uh, mainstream and narratives and talking points. Um, there's a big challenge ahead of us, and I think that it's up to gentlemen like yourself and many of our colleagues to to take on those battles head on. Yeah. And um, and so service and impact is the two things I try to That's live good. my life by. Everything That's else, awesome. everything else is a beautiful bio. Um, yeah, but, you know, in between those bios, you know, they don't show you what uh, the struggles you went through to get to where you are. So. It's right. a beautiful thing. I accept it all good, bad, and indifferent. So
0: right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we need to get your take on a few things and and let's start with narrative, you know, uh, the cultural narrative, even some of the false personal narratives that we start to live by over the years, we start to hear these stories playing in our heads, right? And we buy the lie a lot of times whenever we're fed some of the things that aren't aligned to what God has called us to be, right? And so we we fall into the trap of other people writing our storyline. And so talk about your personal experiences and maybe a life narrative that you caught yourself in the middle of that you had to sort of maybe deflect and others were sort of writing your story for you and you were kind of receiving that. Like, can you talk about any experiences where the, the narrative got a little twisted?
1: Absolutely. And I think that... um For this, we can probably go back to probably 2009. Um, I was at, I was on the upswing with Fox. Uh, I had my job going, things were going well. I saved up a ton of money, bought a house at the age of 29, new car, Um, I was a recruiting analyst for many of the major universities, including LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, schools across Texas Tech, things of that nature. And so I'm, you know, I'm I'm the guy, I'm the guy on the ground in Texas. And I'm making pretty good money at that time. 29 years old, bought a house, yeah. got in here. Yeah. And within a week of me being in the house, um, I found myself in the guest bedroom, just depressed. Mm. Like from the outset, I've reached the American dream, or if nothing else, I'm on track. And, and I remember sitting there, and I went on a whirlwind. There was a, you know, there was a relationship I was in that went completely awry, mm. and. I left that relationship not knowing what I did or what caused what had happened. And I let it affect me in the worst ways possible. Mm. And I remember I went on a weekend in there and I say, you know, I'll tell you what, God, I'll make you a deal since I don't know what I'm doing right now. I say, God, I'll tell you what, if you wake me up tomorrow, I promise I'll work to live every day and have some meaning to it and follow your steps as opposed to mine. And obviously I woke up <laughs> from yeah. that and that led me down a path to personal and spiritual development, you know, started getting into books, you know, hired a mentor. And of course, all of that led into me writing the first book, "Awakening the of Within, which came out in 2011. Like I'm starting to really ascend more and not just using, um, you know, me as a Christian as a, as a, as a sidebar or something that I do right. on Wednesdays and Sundays. I'm starting to express it more openly through the week and really trying to get into it. So I think that's where my turning point would be if I had to have one turning point. But there's been multiple, but that was probably one of the first major ones where I really just didn't care about life. And I had to lean not not on my own understanding. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, God will never be never leave or forsake us. And so I was at that point and I was like, all right, you have the you have the steering wheel because I don't have it. I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Well, I mean that's I mean, I, I imagine that that a lot of people have come to that place in whatever fork in the road they're in, right? I I imagine people, their version of sitting in the guest room depressed. I'm sure that there's different variations of that, but I my question would be also if you could expand on talking to Christians right now who find their self themselves in that situation, right? let's Let's find out from you what you think. What do Christians, why do we have a problem with our narrative when we're supposed to be grounded in the word? We're supposed to be grounded in what God says about us, right? You talk about it probably every day of your life to these kids, and I, I live it. And so as Christians, why are we buying those
1: false narratives? You know, I've had some time to think about this for a little while, and obviously there's multiple answers, but let's just stick to one for now. Um, I think the idea of faith, many of us is a huge conundrum right and let me explain where i'm coming from with that obviously you know here it is you know faith is for you know basically hoping for things that are unseen yet you have no clue when they're going to show up because remember it's not your time it's god's time well even within that we're still you know professionals we're still you know active workers on the earth and we want to see results Hmm. right and and you gotta remember i was talking with my pastor about this the other day i said i can see why faith can be somewhat can be somewhat conflicting because you know first god says be still and know that i am god and then it says faith without works is dead and so you're just like wait a minute um so do you want me to wait for the still small voice to tell me what to do like what work do you want me to do while i'm waiting and so and obviously, you know, it, it can go much deeper than that. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking about that because I was like, you know, you know, God, I'd like you to order my steps. Yeah. However, am I on the right path right now? And I think that's where a lot of Christians maybe get, get caught up. And I think sometimes we, we are, we're stuck between living in a current reality and having faith in what's not yet made itself known to us. Mm-hmm. you know that period between seed time and harvest time is yeah. is not easy to deal with right um you know Chris. you know christians we deal with that and i think the idea of trusting in god and i think what ends up happening a lot of time as christians we trust enough to make us feel comfortable right I, mm. it's like we don't want to just sell out completely because it's just like, all right, God, if I sell it completely, you know, is this mortgage going to get paid? You mm-hmm. know, and I mean, yeah. I'm not asking no one sure. to make that sort of decision, but there's times when we're at a serious crossroads in life. Yeah. And that is a that is a place where, you know, trusting and knowing. And allowing, you know, God to speak to you in a way that's going to be beneficial to you. You know, to continue to stay in the word, allow it to speak to you, and always look for those clues where you know God is calling, talking to you. Those moments where you're just like
0: I would also, yeah, add to that that you know, even Christians or non-Christians, we all have triggers. And so that that narrative can be dictated and can be influenced by certain triggers of our past. If it's a fear, if it's an insecurity, if it's a failure we've had, you know, we can. We can be locked into God, right? Going smooth in the current, right? In our rhythm. And then a trigger from something 10 years ago, we start believing this other narrative. All of a sudden, we've seen God work in our lives year after year. And then all of a sudden, one thing happens and we're trapped back in this narrative we were buying 10 years ago. So I think that's just an ongoing process of what you said, getting grounded, getting in the word, getting connected with him and re renewing our mind of course and then refreshing our view and our perspective on the true narrative so we got to be in touch with that constantly it's not a one-time thing so i'm glad you went into some of that because that that just triggered that thought in my head so let's move in like our enemy conquering our enemy like the m is masculinity and i wanted to get your your take on this too because society um You know, masculinity has taken on a whole new shape and size now with the way culture has tried to rebrand it, redefine it, and really change the narrative on masculinity. And as men, as strong Christian men who are called to lead courageously, provide, protect, do those things, be the warrior in society, love people, man, talk to me about the effects that you see culture having on us as godly leaders and men
1: wow that's a loaded question and and really and truly that could be a long-form podcast it can take sure quite a while but we'll get right into it sure um and you're right like men are called here to lead you know we're here to provide and protect the problem is is that and i think the word they use now is reimagine Mm. like reimagine and it's just like wait a minute reimagine what and it's obviously whatever whatever you say You know, it's not really grounded in anything. Sure. And what I'm starting to see over time is, is that we're teaching adolescents, young men to be dependent and not leaders, right? You're raised, you know, many times, unfortunately, in a a single parent situation, regardless of what way it goes, you're taught Mm -hmm. to be dependent. And, And not only that, it's like, we are trying to go against biology with, you know, hey, you know you get an need to get in touch with your feminine side." Oh well, what does that even mean? And so if you're around, you know the opposite gender for so long, then you think that that is what it's going to take. And what ends up happening is, you know, and I was sharing this with a client of mine probably a couple of years ago, and you know she had hired me to work with her son. And going through the discovery process, it was interesting. You know, I was just letting her talk. I was opening up. I was just like asking those questions, asking those questions. About 47 minutes in, she stopped and she just broke out crying in the middle of our session. And she said, Oh my goodness, I'm basically hiring you to undo everything that I did. I caused all of this. She says, I have held on to my son for so long. I've shielded him from danger for so long. I have kept him out of this. And I said, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you're not alone. It ends up happening is, is that the young men are raised to not be the men a lot of the people who complain the most want, if that makes sure. any sense. Sure, It's like, yeah. it's like you, you want them to be feminine and you want them to be you know in touch with certain things but then it's like you realize like that doesn't get anything done
0: yeah
1: you know you run into a guy who's 27 years old and he doesn't know how to pick up a broom he doesn't know how to pay his own bills he doesn't even know how to go shop for his own groceries he doesn't know how to do anything and it's just like okay what are you good for in the open market and in the media like you said the media is really attacking masculinity at all levels you know, the second, you know, you stand up and, you know, show some kind of what we would call grit, you know, integrity, toughness right. or whatever. It's just like, oh, you're just, it's toxic. you're one of them. Yeah, it's yeah, toxic. You're, toxic. Yeah. you're one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when when the enemy is coming at us, whether it's spiritual or whether it's an actual, you know, adversary, yeah, I think whatever that toxicity is, is needed in that spot. And mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, really and truly, it's like you said, just being a good godly grounded Christian man, mm-hmm. that's really it. And I yeah. mean, even if you're not a Christian, just the fact that you're a man takes care of your family, protects you know, women and children, which we are called to do and right. lead. I don't know, and I think it's been building up over time, but I don't know when we got to the point where just doing things that we're called to do, which the word tells us to do, which even secular things tell us to do, while all of a sudden that that's toxic. Um, I'm baffled yeah. by that. But yes, yep. masculinity is under attack and it is going to be up to gentlemen like yourself and our colleagues to change that narrative back. We don't mm-hmm. have the, the, um, the reach of mainstream media, but we mm-hmm. do have independent media and we do have our own lives. Yeah. And of course, first and foremost, <coughs> it starts with taking care of our own homes. Yeah,
0: that's great. Building up our home,
1: building yeah. soldiers at home. That's you know, right. for me, with no soldiers in the house, you know, building up my teams and, and pulling the young men aside and being like, no, we're going to go out here and I'm going to teach you to lead at the age of 12, 13, 14 years old. You will lead something. You will lead your own life and you will bring others with you, you know, drawing nigh all of those soldiers who want to come and be part of the battle of taking back the traditional way of doing this thing called life. And it's a long, hard battle. And, um,
0: yeah, I, well, eat
1: my I eat my Wheaties and I'm ready to go.
0: I know. And and that's what I was getting ready to say is you mentioned single parent homes and that's not a unique concept, right? It's been going on for years. Uh, but, but yet I want to say that the reason, and I'm, I'm just generalizing this, right? I don't know details of people's lives and there could be all kinds of factors, but in my opinion, for the most part, men, leave their families because they don't want to do the hard stuff they don't want to they don't want to buckle down sink their feet in when things get a little rocky or friction start they feel a little heat i think guys have been known to just abandon ship right and just kind of hit the road sometimes. And what I've seen is what I'm speaking of. There are lots of things I haven't seen and I'm not speaking about those. I'm speaking of the ones that I'm familiar with of people that I've known over 49 years. And I just realized that what you said kind of hit home that, man, we as guys, in order to get this masculinity thing back into rightful standing, we got to learn to do the hard stuff. We got to step into some of that friction talk about that what I just said Do you have anything to add to that
1: I mean am I crazy uh, no you're not crazy but there is there's more to it um yeah. if I may add a lot um, more, yeah well and you're right uh men have to get back on purpose men have to get back to life on purpose on yes. purpose with a purpose I agree with that however by saying that obviously that is that is a true and state and, and factual thing however let's look at the chicken or the egg. Sure. Where did men get that attitude from?
0: Exactly. Yeah, modeling. So, what modeling was out there?
1: Well, think about it. If if you only have one piece of one, if a puzzle is two halves and you only have one piece of it, you're only taking in one side of the story. Sure. And, I, and I've seen this a lot in families these days, man. You look at those situations and you want to talk about how how you know men men are out of purpose or whatever? Let's look at the flip side of this situation. You see you see these young girls out here, teenagers and things like that. What are they taught to do? They're taught to go get as educated as possible, go focus on career, go focus on you know making it, get you a house, all these things. Worry about marriage and a relationship later. And so what that does is that creates a culture where men are taught to not be so toxic. Women are taught to be more manly. And now what do you have? You have a conundrum. You have a full conundrum because everybody's out of order, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying saying that women can't be educated. Please don't get that. Right, no, no. However, However, if we're going biblically, women are supposed to latch on to a man. Like, life is not meant to be single for either one of us. Sure. However, if one side is overly masculine when being a nurturer is their primary function, if one is chosen to lead and he's chosen to be dependent, what do we have? We have chaos. We it's have what we down. see right now. We have yep. what we see right now lost men, empowered girls, and everybody's unhappy. That's
0: a great perspective right there what you just said like that whole breakdown was was a great perspective and i hadn't thought of it that way but yeah and and like we said we qualified all this by saying there are exceptions we are not covering every single factor or situation there are circumstances that are beyond certain people's control i get it but i you're right on like what has twisted this thing upside down is what you said and i believe you know i think men can rise up in a godly way in a healthy way it doesn't mean to be domineering or dominant or dictatorship we're not talking this it's a it's an equality versus equity type situation like men and women are created equal in god's eyes but we don't have equitable duties or tasks or responsibilities, right? So, so there's just a, that could be a whole new separate talk, but no, I love the way you, and I don't want to add anything to it because I think you put it perfectly. So let's move into elevation. So narrative masculinity, and now elevation let's talk about, and I feel like this is probably right in your wheelhouse as far as, the the second portion of this, but before we get into that, I want to hear what you had to say about when we falsely elevate ourselves, you know, the big, the P word is out there. The pride is, is where the fall is. Am I right? So talk about guys and some of the traps we fall into to stand on top of the mountain, beat our chest and hold the trophy and say, look at me. I think we elevate ourselves a little bit unjustifiably sometimes do you see that? Or or what are you seeing in young people too? Like I see, you know, young people now that everything's glamorized on social media. What are your, what's your take on that?
1: Well, John, that's a great point that you brought out there and I don't need to look too far. I can go look in the mirror. Right. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. You know, that's the beautiful thing. That's one thing that I like to stand on is the fact that like, Hey man, like, where do you get your material from? I, I woke up this morning. And <laughs> the idea is that when you the the, 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 tra- the trap you fall into is that you know let's just say you're praying and you're getting it and you're and you're doing you're doing the work you know you you feel like you're on your purpose you've quote unquote made it or whatever and then you somewhere along the way you think like I created this right sure this is this is me like look what I've done when in actuality like all the gifts that come to us are from the Father. Like, and but the second you start thinking that, like, you are leaning on your own understanding, your own intellect, or whatever, and don't realize that, like, there are serious things going on behind the scenes within you. Yeah. The operating system, headquarters,
0: Hmm.
1: you know, the hierarchy of life. When you forget that this is not about you, then that's the biggest downfall. And of course, You know, I I was sharing with a young man the other day. um, He was talking about, he he was just downtrodden. He wasn't feeling it or whatever. And I was just like, I said, young man, what's the order of life? And he was like, I was like, do you know the order of life? And he was like, yeah. I was like, God, man, woman, children, hierarchy of life. I said, when you connect with your father on a purpose, everything else below you will fall into place. The yep. problem is, is that we never consult with dad yep. to get the purpose, to get the calling and everything else you know draws nigh to you what you need. The problem is that we try to skip over that and say, all right, God, you gave me all I need, I got this. When you get into that, you're out of order. When you don't yep. check in with dad, when you don't pray, when you don't connect, when you don't listen to the still small voice, When you don't do all of those things, everything can go sideways very quickly. And I think as men, again, why things are so out of order right now is because men are not listening to not only fathers of the earth, but they're not listening to their heavenly father at all. Right. So if you push both fathers away, what are you left with? Like you said, social media, mainstream media, you know, disgruntled family, you know, berating friends
0: yeah narratives that never line up with the word and narratives that are never consistent um and i would add to that too you know you're talking about that it's funny because it kind of goes back to masculinity like the the real men actually take responsibility for their mistakes just as much as they do their their victories and the guy that you're talking about that's putting himself up there and he's taking credit for all this you don't see that guy taking responsibility when things go south you know that's that's part of the problem we're quick to stand up on the top of the on the podium and and when things are good and we've done well but man when we miss it or we fall short very few of us are raising our hands and saying i own this and to me that's part of the masculinity piece that we're missing as well but great point on on that on elevating ourselves so let's go into what you do on a daily basis, man, and elevate others. Uh, you just said something in there that stuck out, stood out to me about something bigger than yourself. You said that when we miss it, we've stopped making it about somebody else. And so talk about that. Talk about the keys in elevating other people and what qualities we have to dig into within ourselves and intentionally step into that role.
1: Absolutely. And, um, obviously I work with all teams, but I will be the first to admit, and most people who are around me, like I do, I do gravitate to the young man a little bit more because I know that the leadership of any, of any place is going to start from the, from the man yeah. I, I'm, I'm, i and I want to build young men. And I think that there's a power vacuum with that Yeah, and connecting and getting that God, that God given purpose is going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be ideal. As far as the work I do, obviously with the team ministry, um, you know, mental performance coaching, um, you know, a little bit of physical training as well. When I work one-on-one with people, obviously service and impact is going to be my two main things, regardless of what I do, whether it's for the service side, I mean, whether it's for a nonprofit side or for the business, I want to create, I want to, I want to provide a service and create impact. And with that, um, the way I look at it now, as far as elevating others, Uh, When I go speak or I'm doing a platform where there's more than a few people in there, I say, you know, God, give me two, just two. I say, give me one person who buys in and is ready to run and make something happen. Mm -hmm. And that second person is very important. Give me another person who not only buys in, ready to make something happen, but also wants to pick up the baton and take it forward. And my job at that point in time is to take that person and make them two to four times better than myself to go do the same thing for others. So that's where I learned more of the service part of it and just being humbled and saying like, okay, God, I don't have the financial resources, yet you've given me a gift Mm -hmm. to connect with people, to speak, to write, to serve, go do community service, Mm -hmm. ministry. Show me, reveal to me how to use my gifts to be able to not only expand your kingdom but to also provide the greatest service for other people. Yeah. And and so that was one of the things that I learned where it was just like serve first. And I think that's where a lot of people get the game wrong. A lot of times people say when I get more I'll give more. Absolutely. However, you'll never get more until you give. That's the that's that's the that's the whole that's the secret
0: sauce right there. That's the faith journey right there.
1: Yes, you give, you give. Because what what does it say? To give from the overflow, press down. Shake yep. it, you know, shake it together, and you know, and you're overflowing with goodness. Yeah, you know, I know about about three or four years ago, I was writing down my goals, and I said, you know what? One of my goals one day is going to be to donate a million dollars, not earn, donate a million dollars to some causes. That's my, yeah. my first, that's my first, that's one of my first goals that I want to do is be able to donate a million dollars to a yeah. number of different causes all yeah. over the place. So yeah, so man. that's, uh, that's, that's the elevation.
0: Well, my, and friend of mine just sent me a picture of a note that he has, he said taped up all over his wallet it says dream big, start small. So you want to give a million that's a great dream and that's a great what i think will be a reality down the road but we got to get there right it doesn't just happen overnight we get there in small steps and god's going to test us along the way and see if we're faithful with little because it says if you're faithful with little he will bless you with much right and and so and too much who's given much is required right so um man I, I think it's a great perspective today. Uh, before I let you go uh, and doctor up that voice, man, uh, what where can they get your materials, your books, your website, that kind of thing? Talk about where we can access more of your resources.
1: Oh, uh, well, my website is www.amardvital.com. That's A-H-M-A-R-D-V-I-T-A-L.com. All of my material is there. I have a new clothing line on there. Um, Right now, you all actually call me at a good time. I'm actually pitching my book to publishers right now. I got a new book coming out uh, titled Now What? I started it in the middle of this pandemic, all this chaotic stuff. And I was driving down Grand Parkway and I listened and I'd heard enough. And I literally mm-hmm. made the outline for a new book while driving on Grand Parkway. Don't do that at home.
0: So good. However,
1: um, uh, but I started making, I started making notes and next thing you know, you know, we have 35,000 words ready to go for a manuscript. And so um, we're in the process of of vetting out some publishers and looking forward to that. Obviously, my other two books are on Amazon. I Am More Than Enough, um, Three Ways to Overcome the Fear of Your Own Reflection and Awaken the Baller Within, both there. And there's a lot of other things. If your people want to send me a message, I have several uh, audio programs that are on actual physical CDs, which I'm going to get and uh, I'm going to have an audio uh, section of the website soon enough after okay. I get a couple of these projects off of the off of the shelf. But cool. um, connecting with more youth. Um, I'm a youth empowerment speaker. That is um, that's where I'm called. Um, yeah. I love corporations. I love small businesses. Um, but I feel like that there's three places where my um, where my focus needs to be. And that's sports, spirituality and small business. But I can tell you what, the first two probably take precedent over the last. Yeah. Um, the impact made on these youth, on the youth today, I think that is where there's been too many signs where that's where God is really calling me to be so um, and just sort of sell out to that idea is just trying to figure out how, how to make it all work. But it's just like you start realizing like if you just do the work, God will figure out a way to make sure all your needs are met. Absolutely. And I think that's sort of where you know, my intellect and my, you know, faith are clashing a little bit. And so yeah. just trying to work through all that. But Amonvital.com um, okay. uh is there. And yeah. if if your people um send me uh send me a message through my contact form and they put um uh last last line leadership um I'll send them I'll send them an ebook copy of this book here. I am more than enough. Nice. Tell them to uh reference this podcast. And I'll send them a, I'll send them a right. free ebook of uh, right. a free electronic book of that. Of
0: hey, my book. That's nice of you. I appreciate that. You, audience, you heard him put last in line in the comments. And you know what? So go to his website, get his materials. His books are Awaken the Baller Within and I Am More Than Enough. And we're looking forward to seeing the new one called Now What? Amar Vital. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for making time. A little bit under the weather voice, but man, you pressed through and you brought it big time. And I appreciate it. Audience, until next time, he's been Amar Vital. We've been last in line. Be blessed. I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be, lately. All I can do is think with me and I resume my. I'm supposed to be